It's not often that people clap for you as you come up to the stage. My goodness. It's amazing, Christy. Very nice. So uh, trust me, I know that it is Christmas Eve. Uh, we will be getting home soon. I'm going to start out in Romans 15, so I promise my exposition of Romans 15 will only take about two and a half hours. So you guys will get to wherever you're going somewhere around 9 o'clock tonight. So hopefully that's enough time. Um, you'll be all set and ready to go. Uh, but like I said, do me a favor. If, if you have your Bibles out, turn to Romans 15. Um, here's the thing is, is if you, if you know me at all, you know that I absolutely love Christmas. I love Christmas and it has started and it has gone in different stages. Um, early on, I was, I was, uh, just immersed in the, the magic of Christmas. And, and as I grew up, one of the things that happened is it started to mold in my life, started to mold in my heart and my actions was that that magic of Christmas started to show up in the form of hope. In, in the form of seeing the hope that Christmas brings. And, and so when we dive in and we look at Scripture and we look at the way that, that it plays out in the Christmas story, I like to start in Romans 15. Seems like an odd place to start the Christmas story. But, but Paul says this in Romans 15. He starts out in verse 12 quoting from Isaiah. Heather, you heard read from Isaiah 11 a little bit earlier. Paul quotes from right there. He says this. He says, and again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations, the Gentile will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. That, that, that's such a Christmas verse in my head because we talk about the God of hope filling us with joy and peace, things that we desire to feel, things that, that, that we see in, in movies, that we sing in songs, and we, we feel this, this aura of, of wonder around us. See, Paul comes back to hope here because for Paul, Christ was all about hope. Think about Acts 9. Think about Paul's story. Think about the encounter that Christ had with Paul and the way that it changed Paul's life. Quick recap, Paul before Christ was someone who was eradicating Christianity. That These people that were following this Jesus, this person who was crucified and killed, that they were, they were someone that needed to be dealt with and needed to be eradicated. And so what you had is, is you had this person who was a devout Jew eradicating Christians. It, it, the Bible says breathing out murderous threats upon them. That's strong language. And yet it was an encounter with Christ that was paradigm shifting for Paul. It was so paradigm shifting, not just for Paul, but for everyone, that it was timeline shifting. That it completely turns things on its head. You see, when, when we now look back at Luke 2, so now we come back to what we know is the Christmas story, that, that we, we, we expect to hear this around Christmas time, that we come back to Luke 2 to see another timeline-shifting moment set off by Christ. It says this, in, the birth, or in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child." 
So when we look at, at Joseph's lineage, we realize that, that Joseph was a righteous man from a noble lineage. That it, it, his lineage goes back through kings, goes all the way back to, to Abraham, to the, the beginning, the, the, the father of the Jewish nation. That, that this is someone who, who his claim to a royal lineage is stronger than any cheek swab DNA test that you and I take. I recently got a chance to go somewhere that, that they looked at like my lineage. They, they did my name and where, where that came from. And, and unfortunately, I am not a Scottish noble. So I will be continuing to work here and not live the, the high life in, in Scotland. But, but regardless of, of anything that we may find out, his claim to a, to a noble throne is as strong as anyone. And yet, Israel was in no position of power and had not been for several hundred years. See, they hadn't even heard from God in 400 years, much less had they been in any situation, any position of power themselves for so long. It had been an incredible amount of generations since Jesse's initial root, King David, was even on the earth. So it was an emperor's decree in Rome that begins the journey of a carpenter and a young girl Neither of them more royal or regal than you or I. In Luke 2, 5 to 7, 6 to 7, excuse me. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. This is a timeline-shifting event. This is why Christmas is so exciting and why it is so hopeful. See, there's, there's timeline. We talk about the actual timeline. Here's the deal. This right here delineates going from how we actually talk about time. B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, okay? In the year of our Lord. Not after death. That would leave a big gap, right? So, B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. So, one, it's timeline-shifting just in the way that we talk about time. But it's timeline shifting in the lives and the lineage of people. See, I told you that, that we look at the lineage of Joseph and we see in Matthew 1, we read a long list of lineage. Now, here's the deal. Um, I, I would love to read it and discuss all of it, um, but, but I do want you to stay awake while you are here. Uh, and and, and so, so here's the deal. Is, is I want to give you a brief rundown. It starts with Abraham. Like I said, the father of the Jewish nation. It starts with Abraham and goes through so many of the people that are in that line that lead up to the birth of Jesus, lead up to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ who lives a sinless life, who is crucified, dies, and is resurrected and gives us access to the heart of the Father, gives us his, his, his perfect life, imparts upon us his righteousness. And, and, and so, here, but, but here's the thing, here's the thing. Think about this. Jesus entirely shifts the lineage, or the, excuse me, the way that we view the lineage of Christ. Here, here's why, ready, ready? So Abraham, Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, the very first one that we talk about in this, decided that God wasn't working in the way in which he needed to. So instead of trusting God's plan, he decided to go his own way and fathered a child from a different woman. 
That, that we, 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 have, we have someone who is called the deceiver within that line, who, who takes, who takes his, his, his rightful place through deception. We have Tamar, who, is, who tricks her father-in-law and, and father's, uh, father's twins in this lineage. We have Rahab, a Gentile prostitute. We have another Gentile in Ruth. We have David, and, and while David is, is amazing and wonderful, we, we read so much about his shortcomings and the things that he struggled with, even keeping Solomon from Bathsheba in this lineage of Christ. We have Rehoboam. Rehoboam is, Sol- is Solomon's son. Rehoboam was the last king of the United uh, Kingdom. That, that Rehoboam was so tough that he listened to his friends instead of his father's trusted advisors and put such a harsh burden on the nation of Israel that his own brother Jeroboam actually stepped up and said, we're splitting. And then from that point on, from that point on, Israel was not a united kingdom. It was, it was, it was two separate kingdoms, both of which eventually, hundreds of years apart, get defeated and carried off into captivity. These are the highlights. You could continue to go down this list, and I would suggest that you do. Go look into the people in in Matthew 1. Go look at the people that are in this lineage. Imagine if Christ is not a part of this lineage, the way in which we look at this. This is an incredible, a royal lineage. This is the lineage that led to the Savior of the world because of Christ. If Christ is not in this, this is a lineage that, that perhaps many look as letting down the nation of Israel. Imagine... Christ is timeline and paradigm shifting when he encounters our lives. See, this this is why it is such a hopeful time. Because when we start thinking about the birth of Christ, when we start thinking about the very fact that Christ interacts in our life, the very fact that he stepped foot on this earth to come near to us, to interact with us, to be here, to be near us, to impart his righteousness to us, That is a hopeful situation. Think about all of the things. Think about all of the things that have happened, maybe that you have in your life, that have happened in your past, the things that you wish weren't there, the things that you would undo if you possibly could. It is Christ's interaction that makes all of those things in the same way that he made Paul's background and his life useful and purposeful, in the same way that he made the lineage that led up to him wonderful and royal and regal, He makes our lives, everything he touches, he makes useful for his purposes. It's really cool to see so many people in this room this evening because here's the deal. We didn't have this last year. We didn't have this last year. And to have this now and to see so many people is absolutely amazing. And to think about the fact that because Christ came, because Christ came more than 2,000 years ago, that everything that has happened in these last couple of years, as difficult as it is, the way in which maybe some of us have lost people, maybe some of us have not seen people, maybe some of us have had issues and difficulties, that we still have reason for hope because of the way in which Christ shifts paradigms, shifts timelines, and shifts events that we can look forward, that we can see the things that he is doing, that we can know that while there is something that we may not know exactly what it is that he has been doing in our lives and the way in which he's been using things, we know that he is. We know that he always will. And so here's the deal. In Luke 2, we read about a time where there was no fanfare, where Mary and Joseph were constantly turned away when it was a silent night. It would have been quiet if it weren't for the animals that were in the stable. And that kid beating on the drum. Jeez Louise, dude. Baby's trying to sleep. 
But, but it is that birth, it is that encounter that we have with Christ that gives us hope, that changes everything. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for... We thank you for your son. We thank you for the incarnation of Christ, for the birth of Christ, Lord. We thank you that his presence, we thank you that his power, we thank you that everything he is changes everything that we are. Father, the, 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 the difficult things and the, and, and the things that we don't quite understand, Lord, we still know work within your plan. They still work for your glory. We still know that you are supreme and powerful and wonderful. Lord, we praise you in this time. Father, we ask that Over these next couple of hours and these next couple of days, Father, that that you would help us to see the hope that we have in you, the hope that is all around us because of your interaction in our lives through the birth of Christ. Father, we thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.